Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into God's Word for a little bit each day, 13, 14 minutes or so. But in doing that, it helps keep us focused on our spiritual lives, on our relationship with God. It helps keep us growing in our knowledge of His Word, and thereby to stay strong and even grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, I want to encourage you to do something for somebody else. You know people in your life, probably within your own family, who need to change their thinking in life. They need to start thinking about their souls, about their relationship with God. They need to start thinking about eternity. Share these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means. But make up your mind. Share with your friends, your family members, your work associates, neighbors, literally anybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. Maybe even help them get to heaven, ultimately. And while that will be a great blessing for them, it will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind and start sharing today. We're continuing our study talking about the, st- the certainty and stability of God's Word. And really, we're painting a contrast between the reality of the world without God's Word and those who find the stability and certainty in life that is lived by the teachings of God's Word. You see, it is a complete contrast. Now, many people... They don't read the Bible, hardly ever, if ever. They have a Bible in their home, almost certainly, maybe a couple of them, but they sit on a shelf someplace or in a bookcase, and they are rarely taken out and opened up and read. Now, there might be a record of marriages and births and deaths somewhere in there, but to actually study the scriptures, uh, no. To actually go to a church service someplace? Uh, Hardly ever, if ever. People are living by some other mindset, by some other discipline than what God's word provides for us. That's sad, but it's also a factor that has produced the instability of our cultural mindset in our country. Now, maybe I should talk a little bit about what I mean by a cultural mindset. We're talking about the basic mindset of our nation. What is driving it, what is motivating it, what is moving it in the direction in which it is going. Now, often, a cultural mindset is not necessarily driven by what the majority of the people within a nation actually think, but it's driven by some very influential individuals or groups that want to change the mindset or the culture along the lines of their thinking. And then that becomes so influential to the rest of the nation that it keep the rest of the people in the country keep being bombarded with this new line of thinking or different line of thinking and then after a while they just kind of accept it let me give you an example it was not very long ago that out of wedlock births were recognized 
as having happened as a result of sexual immorality. And they were looked down upon. Not The baby was not looked down upon, but the actions of the mother and father who brought that baby into being without being united in wedlock themselves, that, that action of sexual immorality was recognized as being sexually immoral, and it was recognized as being sinful, and it was looked down upon. Now, the babies were loved, but that did not excuse what the woman and the man or the boy and the girl did in bringing about that baby into this world. And now, it's not even given a wink and a nod. It happens all the time all across our land, and it's looked upon as being normal. It's celebrated. It's seen as a good thing. And yet, the scriptures and God's word repeatedly, over and over and over again, condemn sexual immorality. God's way for reproduction for bringing babies into the world is through marriage. Marriage going all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 in the garden. God created the woman from the man and brought her to him and they were husband and wife. We as a culture have changed God's way into our way. And that's not right. That has brought incredible instability to our nation. Now someone might say, well, what do you mean instability? How how does that bring instability? Because you see, so often, huge percentage of the time, those relationships don't last. And so the babies that are born, as they start to get a little bit older, are left usually by the father, and so they're left to be raised in a single-parent home, and in that way, they are handicapped because they don't have both mama and daddy in their home, teaching them, guiding them, nurturing them, instructing them as to how to grow up and be a man, be a woman, what to look for, in a husband or a wife, how to take their place of responsibility as adults in this land, they're handicapped. And that brings instability to our nation, our culture. But you see, we celebrate that now to our own demise, but we still, still celebrate it. That's just one glaring example that we could think about. God's word, its teachings, though, bring stability and certainty to the life that is lived by those teachings. Again, Psalm 119 and verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled, stands firm in heaven. God's word is certain. It is sure, it is absolutely correct, 
and therefore it brings stability and order and direction and confidence and peace to the life that is lived by its teachings. When we live by the ways of the world, we're living in the instability that those ways bring to life. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, John the Apostle wrote, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Did you get that? It, again, truth is not subject to popular acceptance. Truth is truth, whether anybody believes it or likes it or not. It's still truth. You don't change truth by popular vote. Truth is truth. And John says, if you're living in the ways of the world, if that's your main focus in life and where you find your values in living and in life in general, then he says the love of the Father is not in you. All that is in the world, he goes on to write, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides or lives forever. When you stop and think about those simple three verses, it's a no-brainer. If I want to live forever with God in heaven, then I need to live by his teachings. I need to follow his word. I need to live by that guidebook. If I want to pass away with the world, and we're not talking about ceasing to exist, we're talking about eternal condemnation in hell, then I'm going to live by that cultural mindset. I'm going to follow whatever it says. And I'm going to try to find whatever makes me happy at that particular moment in time. It's interesting. The Hebrews writer talks about Moses facing this very choice. In Hebrews 11 and verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, Moses was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. He was raised as the, I guess you would call the legal son of Pharaoh's daughter. So in effect, he was a grandson of Pharaoh. But biologically, that was, he, neither Pharaoh was his grandfather nor Pharaoh's daughter his mother. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing or fleeting or temporary pleasures of sin. Interesting. He had to make a choice, and he made his choice. I'm going to follow God's teachings. I'm going to live by God's word and his guidance. Moses could have stayed in the palace. 
Moses could have had basically the best that being the grandson of a king could have offered wealth, security from a physical and financial basis, prestige, probably some authority along the line. But he recognized the distinction between that cultural mindset, who would not want to live in the palace of the Pharaoh and enjoy all of that wealth and protection and security and, and all that, that you can gain monetarily and, and physically from being in that kind of position and living that kind of lifestyle. But Moses was looking farther down the road. The next verse in Hebrews chapter 11 says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. He was looking toward eternity, not just whatever money could buy him the next day. He made that choice. He chose the certainty and stability of living by the teachings of God, our Father, and the Creator. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your patience with us, giving us time to learn your word more fully and to understand more deeply how you want us to live our lives before you. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your word to guide us and help people all over the world open their eyes to your teachings and to live by those teachings so they can find the stability that your word offers. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.